Good morning. Oh, it's a beautiful day outside. And uh, you were talking about uh, today will be oh, close to 100 degrees. And, uh, and here we are hiding in the air conditioning <laughs> and trying to keep up, keep alive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Let this message, Lord, today to those that are need to hear this. Because it's about priesthood, the consecration of the priest. And I ask you, Lord, that uh, as I teach, that you guide me. In Jesus' name, amen. It was about a, a year after Israel had left Egypt, had crossed the Red Seas, uh, and uh, were in the Median Desert. Commentators say that there were at least three million souls. And I want you to see the background of three million people in tents spread out to the desert. And right behind them, the shadow of uh, the, the shadow of uh, of Mount, of Mount, uh, Mount Sinai. Sorry about that. I forgot my little booger here. Mount Sinai. So you have the picture of Mount Sinai, the tent of the meeting, the congregation. It's an actual tent. It's uh, heavy type carpets woven together just to cover the Lord's house. And suddenly, things begin to happen. Now, I shared with you that God was at Mount Sinai. And now the Lord descended Mount Sinai into the tent of the congregation in a pillar of cloud of, of, of that followed the, His people stood on top of the Holy of Holies. And, he, and so you, you're noticing there's a movement from where He was to where He is then and where He is now. One thing I learned about this, Leviticus is full of blood. There's more blood in Leviticus than any book in the Bible. I thought the Gospels would have blood. Not really. Blood is what Leviticus is all about. So God then calls Israel to the door of the tabernacle. Not many people, not, not all of them came. Uh, uh, which shows where they were in their minds. They didn't respond. It. God called them, told Moses, call my people to the tent of the, the door. And they, they didn't. Well, uh, What the Lord wanted to do is to establish a system, a ceremonial system, detailed system of what is holy, what is unholy, pointing to Christ at every detail. Now, today I want to talk to you about the consecration of the priests. And that's the first thing that God wanted to do through Moses after he left Egypt. After 400 years of being in slavery... Now he's going to, the first thing he does is establish the system in Leviticus chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, all the way to chapter 8. Now chapter 8 is going to consecrate the priests. As you know, uh, the priests are people that represent God. You call them a preacher, a pastor, but he's a priest. And if you are unclean of any, unclean in any way, shape, or form, 
If you have sins that are undealt with in the Old Testament or the New Testament, and you come before God, you're not going to find them. How do I know that I have been forgiven by the Lord for my Because His anointing is upon me. That's the proof. Everything works. Nothing in this office, nothing in this ministry is hanging. It's working. It's moving forward. This morning I had a, a word of the Lord from, from, from uh, my brother and uh, Blake Haas. And what he said was, I was 12 years old and he saw me kicking the ball. In other words, in other words, kick the ball forward. Let's move forward. Let's move on. So, everything is fine. Because as a priest, according to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, I have obtained His righteousness and His forgiveness, His, his, his blessings. But the priests in those days needed to be ordained, consecrated, even though they came from Aaron's family, his sons, Aaron's sons, they were fresh from all that God had done to bring them out of Egypt. They still had the stench of slavery on them. And so here they are, three million people in the desert. And God says, bring Aaron's family, his sons, and I want to consecrate them. It's on chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him. And then he says, And the garments, and the anointing oil, and the bullock for the sin offering, two rims, and a basket of unleavened bread. Now, you probably look at all this and say, Rick, what do you mean? Well, look, a normal person would take bring a lamb, but a priest would take a bullock, a bull. And then in this sense, God says, I want two rams, a basket of unleavened bread, and, get, and gather thou all the congregation together unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now notice that everybody's supposed to come to that entrance. <laughs> Three million people standing there. It must be a sea of people. But not many, all of them came. I told, I told you this already. There, there, were, there, were, uh, uh, there were people there. I think the sons of the princes of Jacob, they all came, and the Kohatites and the, and, and, and the others, all the other ites in the family, because the fa there are certain families of priests. One family was to carry the tent, and, and, uh, and uh, the other family would uh, arrange it to travel. So there were different families of 30 to 40 people there had to be so this consecration of priests. It took uh, three or four months to cover all of those that would be dealing with the sacrifices in the tent of the meeting, into the brazen altar. You're talking about a major desert operation. You know, desert storm. Remember that desert storm. Well, that's a desert storm for the Israelites. They were preparing. And, and verse four says, chapter five. And Moses did. As the Lord commanded, and, and assembled was gathered together unto the door of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the congregation. Now listen to this. This is really, this is the thing which the Lord commanded to be done. Meaning, the Lord didn't say do this and do that and do that and do that and this. He, the Lord said, this is the thing. Meaning, there's something here that you got to pay attention because 
The Lord says, I'm going to do it. Now, I've been thinking about this, you know, uh, uh, I'm inside of an empty house these days, so I have my walls to talk to me, and uh, you can't have television all night long. And it's the way the Lord works. He works specifically. When God moves, He doesn't move into a question mark. He looks specific at what He wants to do. He doesn't tell what's going to happen afterwards. He just tells you what to do it. And as you do it, then, then uh, he, he shows up. So, one of the things that impressed me as this takes place in the consecration of the priests, a cloud as a pillar stood over the Holy of Holies in the tent of the congregation. Now that really speaks to me. Because you see, God is not so hiding in Mount Sinai. He's so close to His people. He wants to communicate with them. He wants to parley with them. He wants to say something to them. He wants to show them exactly. And so the mouth of Aaron, the mouth of Moses became the mouth of God. Yeah, this is very impressive. Because, you see, priesthood today is something that uh, anybody can do. Priesthood today is even open to anyone to do whatever they want, when they want, anything they want to do, they will do it. But 90% of it, God has nothing to do with it. When you find a priest that knows exactly what God is doing in his life, you found a rarity. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, I've been an evangelist for 55 years. Put 50 years there on the road. So I speak out of, out of experience. One of the things I did as a travel evangelist was the next first thing I needed to do is to sit with a pastor and breathe on him and shake him and put his head on the commode and pray for the pastor because he's falling apart. Now let's take a look at uh, the priesthood here, which is chapter 8 of Leviticus. Once all the instructions regarding the sacrifices, remember, we taught this week about sacrifices, all the last teachings that we have, we had two teachings. Moses, as the representative, representative of God, is ready to install Aaron and his sons as priests before God. And I tell you, I, I love to see that. Because he had a lot of sons, you know. He had, matter of fact, he had uh, 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 four sons, isn't it? And of course, two of them lost their lives for, for disobedience. But they were, they were established as priests. Whenever a priest or a Levite turned 30 years of age, he would go through a procedure outlined in Numbers chapter 4. If you're interested in this, read Numbers chapter 4, because the sons of Aaron and the Gershonites and the Korotites and their other types, all of them were separated so, so God could take care of every piece of equipment Every move, every, every situation, every detail. The, the sacrificial system is detailed and bloody. But now you're talking about consecrate the family. It 
you know something? Let me say something to you. Aaron's influence on those he ordained was respected. God anointed those that he wanted me to ordain. And so in my ministry, because I am an evangelist and a free evangelist and a free Methodist, I do ordain people. I have done many times and have blessed thousands of people. If your nation came from my hands and you turn against me, you got a problem. Because I didn't do it. The Lord did it through me. So here's Aaron. You know, Aaron is the voice. Moses stuttered and Aaron is the voice of Moses. Meaning that Aaron had to translate what God said to him to everybody. But the one that carried the knife was Moses. He had license to carry a knife. He carried a weapon. It was a gun. It was a knife. Because he come time to kill the bullock, call Moses. Moses is closer to the blood than Aaron is. And all of that, you know, the bull the, with the sin off, the two rims. By the way, uh, uh, there's a re- reason why one of the rims is for the burnt offering. At the, at the brazen altar. The other is for the ordination. I want you to see how intrinsically, how detailed this is. Because God is showing this man what really is required. A basket of unleavened bread of the grain offering. It's blood mixed with grain, mixed with bread, I'll show it to you. Let's talk a lot first about the clothing in detail because I won't talk about the clothing and all the aspects of the clothing so you understand this. Am I doing okay? Are you hearing me? Are you working? I'm trying to point to you that today priesthood is the cheapest thing that you can have. Anybody can be a priest unto themselves. But the lack of priesthood to God is rare. Aaron and his sons Wash themselves thoroughly with water. Before anything begun, Aaron and his sons had to be washed. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about taking your clothes off and get water on top of your head with busket and the other servants were just pouring water over the sons of Jacob, uh, of Aaron, and, uh, and, and, and upon Aaron. It's a, it's, a, it's a priest without any clothing in the wilderness. Now, I've been throwing waters on you for a long time. Matter of fact, doing, I don't know what meeting was that I just took about five bottles of water and I threw on everybody. You know, I, where did I get that idea? I got that idea from the scripture, Ezekiel 36. Sprinkle upon you water and you shall be clean. And you probably say, Rick, oh, that's just a little odd, a little off. But that's where it started. It started. You're talking about Aaron and his sons washing themselves in front of the congregation of the meeting. You're talking about a million people looking. The glory of the Lord in a pillar of cloud standing over the Holy of Holies. And the priests are being bathed. As soon as they dried up, they put a linen undergarment. A linen undergarment is long. It's seamless robe of blue linen. Pomegranates made of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn are on the hem of the robe 
at certain intervals between these are the golden bells. Now what do you mean golden bells? Well you have you have a pomegranate standing here made of blue and purple and scarlet yarn and then you have a bell pomegranate, bell, bell and go all around it. Why the bell? The bell was uh, in case you went into the Holy of Holies and if you didn't make if I didn't hear the bell ringing you're dead. Now if today I put bells upon some priest's suits for Sunday morning I want you to know that uh, those bells uh, will be ringing very little. Simply because the priesthood has been corrupted. It simply means that priests are political jerks. They have contaminated the church with their idea of what the presence of God looks like. And when you find a priest that is empty, void, dead, and morbid, is a guy who is not taking a bath in the presence of God and to have cleansing from all his sins. A woman's waistband is then tied around the robe. It's in Exodus twenty-eight thirty-one. I, I wish I could put the scripture there. I worked I worked on this last night until eleven o'clock at night. A woven waistband is then tied to the robe. Next is the gold ephod. The gold ephod is a similar to a short jacket made out of blue and purple in scarlet material and fine twisted linens. Exodus twenty-eight six. And it goes on top of the head, and it goes all the way to the ground, right here to the corner, and then to the, the back. On the shoulder of the ephod are two onyx stones set in gold, meaning you, 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 you put that into the material of the ephod, put gold to hold the stone on each shoulder. And written on is the name of the six tribes engraved in each stone, Exodus 28.7. Name the names of the six tribes here, then the name of the six tribes right there, in, on the on the onyx stone. Now that's impressive. You're talking about pure 24 karat gold holding these stones on each side, representing the tribes of Israel. When I was ordained, I was ordained at Glen Memorial. I was ordained an elder seven years after I uh, became an elder, meaning. They would not ordain me because I needed a church and, and they wouldn't send uh, any foreign student like me in those days with this beautiful nose to an American church. And I had a robe on top of me. The guy who gave me that didn't measure properly because it was for somebody six feet five. And so I had a train behind me like a, like a wedding, wedding bride. And so Mary Lucy went there and pulled the thing under me and I held it with this right hand and left hand so when I walked, it wouldn't be rubbing down. <laughs> they care less. They not only didn't care, they were just not concerned. So Moses' next thing you do is place the breastplate on Aaron. The breastplate is, has the stones, the twelve stones of, of Israel, but in the breastplate also something called Urim, Urim 
in Tumen in the breastplate. These are two stones that represent the revelation in the, in the light of God to discern the way of the Holy Spirit. And so the, the priests would bear up tribes of Israel on the shoulder, uh, on, the, on, the, on the breastplate of righteousness, and uh, signifying that He is the one who should intercede for Israel. The priest intercedes for the nation. In the same way Jesus, the Messiah, bared up as He intercedes for us in Hebrews 7.25. It says, Wherefore He is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercessions for them. And so Hebrews 7.25 simply says that Jesus is able to intercede. But in those days, there were no anointed preachers, no, no anointed pastors, no anointed bishops. The first one is Aaron. And his sons is Moses is anointing this family. It started with one family. The turban or the hat that came on the head, Aaron's head, uh, on his forehead is a golden plate up front in gold that says, Holiness, holy to the Lord. Holiness to the Lord. I imagine if this would happen during the ordination of a pastor today in the United States. Imagine what really would take place. In other words, we have to take an offering to get the gold done. We have, in other words, we don't really consider that necessary. But I want you to know that all these things is God's idea. God is the one who, who thought about that. Not me. Not Moses. Not Aaron. In Exodus 28, 36. Read this, 28, 36. The high priest is constantly reminded that he is set apart for, the, for God to service and that his lifestyle is to be consistent with his call. The high priest is constantly reminded that he is set apart to God for service and that his lifestyle is to be consistent with his calling. What do you mean by lifestyle? Whatever I am in my privacy, I should be in the presence of God. That is why forgiveness of sin is so important. You don't have to kill a bullock. You don't have to kill a ram. But to appropriate the blood of the cross of Calvary upon your life and say to yourself daily, My sins are forgiven. They separate from me as the east is from the west. You know, God, I, 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 have, I, have, I have blessed those who have cursed me. I have given uh, forgiveness to those that have uh, accused me. And God, I'm, I'm in the process of, of being healed entirely outside of and inside completely. So now Aaron's sons are also brought forward. And they too put on the distinctive clothing and headbands. However, their tunics were more plain. Exodus 39:27. if you read it. Exodus 29:37. It shows that it wasn't complicated as the Aaron's effort in, in tunics. So now the next thing, after all this clothing come upon them, the next thing that shows up is they're going to anoint these preachers. Now look at this. Moses then anoints the tabernacle and the furniture with oil. You know, I've been to revivals to where Mrs. Roberts come in. We, I'm, I'm sorry, I do, Mr. Bouncham. I am from the UMW. I'm, I'm here to help you with, a, and, a, and I need to anoint the pews. 
And I thought, oh, that's just wasteful. Don't need to anoint the pews. The pews, the pews don't need it. What about God? God? God will say to you, squat. Wrong. You're wrong. God will say to you, shut up. What do you mean by that? God instructed Moses to anoint the furniture of the tabernacle with oil. Preparing the sanctuary for service, the altar of burnt offering in front of the tabernacle is anointed seven times. You're talking about throwing bottles of oil. You know, have you been to Israel? We're going there in March of this next year. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's the 17th to the 29th. There's about 25 or so people going with us. One of the things we do is to buy oil, virgin oil, olive oil, because it's so pure and so powerful. Oil everywhere. So when you get inside of the tabernacle, the, the smell of oil mixed with the smell of blood and the, and the barbecue ribs being cooked up there and, uh, and uh, the oil 24-7, inside of that congregation, the priest will get hungry. I mean, you, when you smell a filet mignon, 5, 20, 30, 50 times a day. When it comes to 5 o'clock, you need some of it. And God gave them because the priests would eat. And by the way, they would not, they were, there were seven days to stay there after the ordination inside of the tabernacle. Seven days. Just preparing in a unique way to receive the sacrifice of both the priest and priest. After the altar utensils in, in the basin for the purification are anointed, Moses sprinkles some of the anointing oil on Aaron and his sons, consecrating them for their office. <coughs> You're talking about sprinkling oil. <coughs> Let me tell you a little story. I went into a church in Hezendi, Brazil. I don't remember the name of the pastor there, but I'll never forget him. When he made an invitation for those to come to accept Christ, instead of him anointing with all, each one of them, he took a squirt bottle. And right from the pulpit, he go, ch, 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 ch. Now, you probably say, Rick, that is desecrating the holiness of God, and that is perhaps not acceptable in the presence of God. His church baptized a hundred people a month. So in other words, don't criticize that which God anointed. Now in the same way, Jesus, the Messiah, is anointed for ministry with all of joy by God Himself in Hebrews 1.9. God anointed Jesus with the oil of joy. Now let's talk about the sacrifice a little bit. I don't know how long I have uh, uh, to go here. Perhaps uh, two minutes. So let me just stop. And before, before I minister the sacrifices, when, and uh, uh, John, I'm on page 8. I think I have about 13 or 14 pages. So let me just teach uh, tomorrow, amen, the rest of this. Hope you're enjoying this because we're about to get into sacrifices. Meaning, when you ordain priests, you, 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 you have to sacrifice animals. And the sacrifice for the priests is different than the sacrifices for the common people. I 
I'll never forget our nation. Preacher Bishop Kenner was eating fried chicken and some of the oil from his hands came out. I had Crisco oil everywhere. So I have an affinity with fried chicken today because it was part of my ordination. I want you to understand this, that God made a big thing out of consecrating priests. By this time in my age, I should have a good 500,000 or so put aside for my retirement. I'll never retire. In other words, God has called me to serve Him, and it goes unto death. You will never see me playing shuffleboard in Fort Lauderdale. I want to go right in the pulpit, old and feeble. Just drop it. When I get to about 85, I'm going to be carrying a plastic bag. In other words, in other words, it's impossible that I stop doing what I'm doing and go sell tomatoes. It's impossible that I stop what I'm doing and go work for somebody else. Something's wrong if you're running from your call because you're worshiping the money. And when you worship money, it doesn't bless you. So tomorrow I'll deal with the sacrifices per se. Lord bless you. I had a great time today. I hope you did too. Bye-bye. Brilha a luz que é no mundo meu viver.